What's up, everybody? Welcome to um, the second episode of Simple Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Quincy Forte, um, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother, Ramon of The Urban Advocate. What's up, Ramon? Hey, you. What's going on, brother? Chilling, man. This is way past my bedtime, so pardon me if I'm a little, uh, little tired looking. Um, I am a dad. Um, I do go to bed at like 8 or 8.30. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, so I'll stay up till about midnight. <laughs> yeah, you, you look wide awake. Um, in comparison to me, like my eyes are heavy, and actually, I probably, um, so Ash was, you know, in the shower, and I, we were getting ready for bed, and and I'm pretty sure that I woke up uh, as she was getting out. I was like, oh man, I gotta go do the podcast. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, what's been going on, man? Man, nothing, well, I can't say nothing. it has been a lot going on. I've been staying busy this past week. Um, like I said, the first couple of weeks of the quarantine has been kind of, uh, it was kind of slow because yeah. all of my stuff was like at the office. So I wasn't really being very productive. But now that I brought my, my computer home, it was like I, I got projects on top of projects to work on. So I've been staying busy this past week. How how is that? Are you still able to like go to the office? Does anybody say, "Hey, uh, we're not open," um, or do you have like a badge thing? I mean, the building does have a badge to to get in, yeah. but um, I mean, when I went there, it wasn't really too many people at the office, so um, like I could go there, but you know, just trying to stay low key right now. <laughs> If I, yeah, I if, I, say, if I could keep from going out. You would think, like, as an entrepreneur, like, I mean, um, especially some of those offices are smaller. Um, there's nobody really telling you that you have to stay at home. Like, for me, my company makes a decision, um, and they're like, hey, you know, for the safety of everybody, y'all stay at home. But if you have your own business, um, and you relatively, you do a lot of working solo anyway and you just have right. an office space there's nobody right. saying hey you have to go into the office today or you got to work at home today so it's right. kind of interesting to see that nobody's in the office anyway i mean who's to say that you know what we're doing in that building ain't essential work so yeah yeah for sure no um yeah no it's not and like for, and it's not like they're going like from door to door office to office checking so <laughs> what does your company do? Is it essential? <laughs> um, no, that's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. So for me, I mean, it's kind of been um, there's been a lot going on. I feel like I'm I'm busier at home, especially I mean with work stuff. Like I feel like for some reason, like going into the office, uh, I mean, you find yourself politicking a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you're at home, it's like, well things keep getting thrown at you, projects and stuff like that. And then you're also trying to have to manage the family life, um, trying to be visible yet invisible um, so that you can concentrate and get stuff done. Um, right. So that's been, a, that's been a, an interesting balance. Um, How have you been yeah. able to balance um, it, it? So when I put my headphones on, it's kind of like they're, it, uh, that's when I'm invisible. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like my cloak, like the uh, what Harry Potter puts on the magic cloak to where he's invisible. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of like that. Um, if I'm headphones on, I think they typically I'm either on a call or I'm in deep in focus, and so like, whoa, you know, hey, uh, can't talk to daddy right now. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, man, I just try and um, try and realize that like there is a balance, and that I can take a break and step away, and it's no different than now um, being at the office um, and kind of talking to your coworkers. Um, except your coworkers are your you know your family now, so it's kind of like yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I take time to have conversations to check in on him. Um, and it's kind of funny because like when you're away from your kids and like now we're in this homeschool environment and stuff like that. Um, but when I was at work, it was like, man, I wonder what, you know, what Andrew's doing at school and all that stuff. But now like I can hear what's happening in school and the things that lessons. And so it's, it's, it's kind of a, a weird dynamic, but now, you kind of get what you wish for to be able to check in on them at school. You know what I'm saying? So there's one of those uh, kind of like, like now I wish I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I just wish that it was different in the sense that I could see him in his element. Right. Cause yeah. now it's in the home element. So there's no right. split and no differentiation for him. Right. Um, right. And for us, um, where like there was a time, I guess I was doing like, uh, you can volunteer at his school and stuff like that. So where I would get to see him with his friends, interact with other adults, like other teachers in his element. And I'm like, oh, well, he's maneuvering um, through the world, right? And in this environment and he can hold his own. All right, well, you know, we're doing a good job. And so that was good to see um, in that space. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Cause I checked yeah, with a couple of like a couple of my friends, like uh, one who I used to do, uh, Kena, who I used to do the Vincent Tucker radio show with. Yeah. Um, she she has two teenage girls. You know what I mean? So, you know, I was asking, I was like, Yo, how does that work? Like, hey, are you like homeschooling? Just like, nah, basically, they kind of like have like Zoom. They they zoom into their their uh, classes basically. Right, you right. Know what I mean, so it's like conference conference classes. But imagine, so like I mean, we have this thing that we can do now to where we do um, like the conferencing and stuff like that. If something like this happened when we were in school, there's not as much technology. First of all, the teachers would have lost their business because they're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to work this big box mm. with the computer. Mm. Um, you got grainy pictures. You probably have the camera like pointing at people's chests because uh, they don't know how to work stuff. Uh, they're writing on a chalkboard and holding it up to the screen being like, hey, can you see this math problem and solve it for <laughs> X or whatever? Um, but uh, yeah, no. So the world would have shut down before technology because there would have been no way to compensate uh, for that gap and uh, for people to, um, for first of all, like jobs weren't as flexible. Um, so if you think it kind of what our parents do for a living, they physically have to be in the office. They have to be uh, on the floor. Like you know, dad still has to go to work now. Right. Uh, but there is no shutting down. Um, and if they're working a retail job, 
because um, you know oftentimes our parents obviously work you know two jobs at point at points right um like who's watching us right there's no hey we can stay at home or we can afford to stay at home um and school you so yeah i mean i i guess that's one of the things where it's like um you know the the advances on technology kind of it, it makes it to where you know like it, it kind of makes up for the difference <laughs> you know what i mean but mm-hmm. at the same time it makes it makes things like a lot more convenient but at the same time it's not like uh you know like i wish it didn't have to be that way you know what i mean you, like so do you think that uh that things would have changed, right? So, because growing up, we uh, we were left to our own devices um, quite a bit of times uh, to where it's, I mean, and you hear it like with our generation and a little bit older, um, like we're elementary school, walking home by ourselves, like mm-hmm. me and you walking home or, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, we were left at home, like at eight, Last nine. Lasky kids. kids, right? So I'm mm-hmm. I'm cooking dinner for both of us, or I'm microwaving right. pizza rolls, or you know right. I could do basic functions on the oven or the microwave, uh, to where it's like you could do just enough. You burn the house mm-hmm. down, you're getting a whooping. But <laughs> but we are going to leave kids at home, right? Uh, unattended uh, and then threaten them uh, it's so funny and threaten them <laughs> because they're kids because they're being kids or whatever right. and I mean it, it was kind of like uh, you know I think eventually we got to tell that story when you almost did burn the house down and we did get a whooping for that I uh, think there was multiple times <laughs> but um yeah, we it, for us it was more of a like, hey, we we about to go to the store, we about to go here, we about to go run some errands. Just don't open the door for nobody, and that was it. But the crazy thing is, there was no second thought to it. It was like, hey, that's just what right. all the parents were doing. Right today, I would not leave <laughs> nobody's kids at home. Like, I mean, and I've even heard conversation of people. Uh, at work uh who uh their kids are like 10 11 and they're like no we can't leave my home or we're checking on them texting them and doing all this stuff so and i wonder man is is that like um obviously it's a generational thing but do you think that that means that the kids today are going to develop slower than what we did because we kind of grew up pretty fast like you said we like when we were staying at home by ourselves like you was cooking like even if it was wasn't nothing but grilled cheese like before the age of 10 you <laughs> you was cooking it for both of us uh, like can you imagine like the kids nowadays are they going to develop slower because they don't have that that the same like freedom that we did so in some aspects i think they're developing faster right um so if you think of just that's what it seems like but then in other in other areas it seems like they're they're developing slower oh it's in regards to independence i would say they're 100 percent 
Um, so I think there's two buckets. Like, so there is just like intelligence where the intelligence quotient I would say is like super fast, like the learning curve, working technology, being three or four, flipping through iPods and iPhones and being able to operate technology, computer. Um, Andrew knows how to like, and I'm sitting here hovering over him like, ah, oh, you working the mouse right? You got to do it like this. You got to double click. And he's like, no, I already got this. I can do this. Bam. Let me close this. Let me submit this online. And I'm like, what? You're in kindergarten. Um, and even looking at the level of math and reading and stuff, that, I mean, he's reading in kindergarten, reading at like a second grade level. Um, and I'm sitting here like, again, over his shoulder, like, uh, is he going to hit this word? And then he hits the word. And I'm like, yo, how do you even know that word? Like you're in right. kindergarten. Um, um, so I think the intelligence is off the charts uh, for kids these years. But when it comes to independence, um, and it's kind of the, the street smart aspect of it. Um, I right. think, I mean, myself included that um, I typically try to like shelter them from um, being in a position to sort of have to make those street smart decisions. Right. And, you know, because like of where we came from and how we grew up, it's like, uh, yeah, we're in a different echelon. So we should be making different like upper level decisions mm-hmm. um, and not have to worry about um, just the, primitive stuff and the way we think um of noticing kind of your surroundings and i'm trying to find a balance of teaching him that to be like hey um this person is acting this way that's good that dude's got acting kind of funny you got to kind of you know peep the situation and figure out what everything is going on in the building like this dude came in the door he's acting funny over here you have this dude circling over here so hey man something's about to go down i need my spidey senses um and let me just fall back in the corner and kind of watch what's going on right and i think that's the intelligence that a lot of kids are lacking today because they're completely oblivious um and then they look like this right all All day day. all day long and yeah yeah I, i guess is maybe like survival instincts that that we had to develop at such a young age um, yeah like a lot of kids you know where parents are doing a lot better nowadays you know what i'm saying like they can kind of put their kids in environments where survival i guess um you know isn't exactly the the primary thing you know mm-hmm. what i mean at that point they can kind of enjoy being children mm-hmm. where with us we kind of had to like you said, we had to be aware of our surroundings. We had to be aware of, you know, just this a lot of things that the kids don't have to worry about nowadays just because of the environment that they're in better environments in a lot of cases. Yep. 100 percent Um so yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and so I have I have two stories uh, before we kind of dive into today's topic. Okay. Uh, we okay. kind of went off on a on a little bit of a tangent, which is uh, which is which is perfectly awesome. Uh, but like, so let's go into like, so there's two things. So um, getting sick um, is different now. Uh, and so I say that because obviously, you know, episode two, it's uh, April 17th, um, otherwise known as March 332, um, the 332nd uh, day of March, uh, where getting a cough or getting a sneeze 
um, is completely different, has completely different context than it used to, right? So before right. somebody could cough, like sneeze, and say, like, oh, you know, bless you, or, you know, dude has a little bit of a cold. Um, but now in the COVID-19 era, um, it has you mistrusting family members, like you are counting the number of seconds that these people that you've grown up with your entire life, mm-hmm. um, you're like, hey, man, you weren't in the bathroom long enough. Um, you're pitted against these people, your family, your friends, because of how long they wash their hands, um, because if yeah. they have a cough, like, you can't, why are you touching me? Like, hey, man, social distancing. Yeah, like you, <laughs> like you find yourself, uh, like, counting the costs. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, that's, that's, with, that's the fifth time you cough in the last hour. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so Andrew got sick um, this week. And I think after, like, being Dr. Google, um, that was food poisoning. But... Um, if you kind of look at symptom symptomatically, like you're like, whoa, like, so he got lethargic, right? He had like kind of a low grade fever. Um, he didn't cough, but he was like projectile vomiting, like on the Mm. first day, like I fed him pancakes and Mm. then like literally like an hour and a half later, it's just like pancake flowing out of his mouth. Like they look like the batter that I had mixed up and cooked came out and I was like, oh man and so you know me and ashley are obviously like whoa is it you know is it that like how did he get that i'm the only one leaving the house (laughs) like so i'm like oh let me scrub (laughs) down again like because i can't have like we have a three-month-old so we can't have her getting it and so um but nothing ever prepares you a for um like you know he's a ball of energy right like Mm -hmm nothing ever prepares you as a parent to see your kid like sick and like kind of out of it um laying there like uh with no energy and you're like hey buddy do you want to like play something and like you kind of realize um that you're missing a void but like it's like uh amplified now during this covid thing to where you're like yo like um like, is it the thing? Like, what do we do? Oh, we don't know what to do. We can't take him anywhere. Like, we should right. gotta ride this thing out. And so, right. yeah, I don't know, man. It was weird. And I mean, I think, um, you know, because before everything kind of shut down, yeah, everybody was still kind of moving about, you know, I had like a little, a little bit of a, you know, I don't know if it was a cold or sinus thing or whatever it was, but it only lasted for like a couple of days and then I was back to normal. But, you know, when you watch the news and you're hearing like, oh, 5,000 people died this past week. It was like, man, I, maybe I need to go get myself checked out. Oh, yeah. And especially because for those of y'all listening who don't know where we are, we're in, you know, Dallas, Garland, right. Wiley area. Like you're right. like, I get a text alert from Rockwall every five minutes that like three more people got in at Rockwall. And I'm like, yo, what is Rockwall doing? Yeah, yeah. What do y'all do? Is it like, is it all the people that went to Costco right. uh, that are like getting this and all those fools who wanted toilet paper? Like now they're getting the COVID, <laughs> um, uh, the Rona. Yeah, somebody, um, somebody posted a picture earlier where it was like the, uh, like the, the shelf at the grocery store was like full of toilet paper. <laughs> like, 
So all of a sudden, like people just stop going out buying toilet paper. All of a sudden, they realize it does it's not going to help anything. I mean, bread. We got bread. We got tons of bread at Tum Tum now. Like it's just like, oh, now the bread guy is like, oh, well, hey, I don't have to. I'm not going to get jumped in the parking lot for loads right. of bread anymore. Right. I think I think the hysteria of everybody kind of kicking into survival mode kind of calmed down a little bit. But where does toilet paper fall into survival mode? Like, I'm thinking, now I'm, I'm like, researching, can I be a gardener? Like, I'm, like, looking up, where do I buy seeds at? Like, how do I build a flower bed? Not, like, where can I wipe, (laughs) buy toiletries? Well, you know what? Like, I I had the same question until I watched this video. Um, Obviously, YouTube is corporate. but it was like a, a video of all of the the uh like the products and stuff that you need to stock up on in the case of like uh armageddon or something <laughs> like you need to stock up on toilet paper water and all of this stuff because all of this stuff is going to be like more valuable than than cash and money like currency so you're going to need something to barter with so it's like that type of deal but here's the thing there are countries and people who don't have toilet paper. Toilet paper is totally an American luxury. It's a it's a first world <laughs> like luxury. So there's people who are like, hey, let me grab these leaves. Right. There's trees everywhere. Actually, well, hey, like there are parts of the world where they don't even use because you know wiping your behind doesn't really clean it like. You need water. <laughs> like you need, mm-hmm. So that's how they, like, when they finish doing what they do, like, they don't use something to wipe it because think about it, you're just smearing yourself, basically. So was there, I wonder if there's a run, like, if we can research the number of bidets that were sold. Like, if it was like, yo, well, I can't get toilet paper. Let me just go buy a bidet toilet seat from Home Depot or Amazon. Like, are those still in stock? <laughs> I wonder if those, like, I don't know, because everything I've seen, like, those came in people's houses already. Well, no, you can buy a seed. You can buy them? Yeah, Ashley's mom has one. Like, so you can buy one. Really? Uh, but it's just, like, I, I don't know if people thought of that. If they're like, hey, let me read this disposable thing that clogs up. And so I wonder if plumbers now have a lot more business because all these people are at home more often. So some parts of the economy are, are thriving because of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Oh, and then I was going to say, so speaking of the store, like, um, the second story, um, I go to the store and obviously everybody's wearing the masks, right? So the mask is if you're asymptomatic, you can spread the the germs and disease. Uh, and so you wear the mask so that you don't spread anything. Uh, but then you're also supposed to be conscious, like everything that you, that, that we that is we're being told is to like you have to wash your hands don't shoot your face because face is the easiest way to transmit it rubbing your eyes your nose and stuff like that right so i go into something um oh i should say a grocery store anyway i go into something um, and like i see like they have the people there and they're spraying down the carts they're like oh there's the clean carts um and and all that good stuff right so i'm like all right cool we got the clean carts um and I'm conscious, very conscious when I'm in the store, not to like, cause right now I'm not wearing a mask or anything. It's probably irresponsible of me. Um, 
but I don't, I just like when I'm there, I don't touch my face or until I get home and get a chance to wash my hands or do all that stuff. I just don't touch any place that like anything can be easily transmitted, um, clothes and obviously all that stuff you can't help. And so I'm walking through this guy, he's doing the thing. He has, uh, he doesn't have gloves, but he has a mask on. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, he's doing stuff. But then I noticed uh, that as he's on the cart, dude's like he just like looks up looks around has his mask on like reaches way up past his mask it's just rubbing his eyes and i'm like what what are, what is the point of even wearing anything what are you doing <laughs> man this man has obviously not read any of the research he just said somebody somebody told him he had to have a mask and he's like yeah let me just put his mask on and i'm, I'm good like uh, it, it's so many things that's been like, like people pay attention to the covering of the face, but then it's like they wiping their nose and rubbing their eyes and like. I see a, a, I saw a lady walking out with two kids and like, the, like I don't, I mean, we don't take, I don't take Andrew anywhere out where he has to go, um, because I know the kids are just prone to just like wipe their face, pick their nose, mm-hmm. put it in their mouth, do whatever, right? Um, this lady, they're walking out. He's touching the car. He immediately goes from the car to like picking his nose and puts his hand back on the car. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god. But you know what? Like, I, I'm bad about it because I touch my face a lot. Like, mm. I, I catch myself often, but um, you know, I keep like hand sanitizer in the car and stuff like that. So, like, I like the other day. I think actually yesterday I had to go to the bank. So I'm like. Instead of like you ever touched a uh, keypad on the ATM, mm-hmm. like I'm sitting there touching it with my nail instead of like, pressing my whole finger. <laughs> Use your knuckle, man. Use your knuckle. Yeah, then like immediately I, I put some hand sanitizer on and I'm like, let me go ahead and let me go ahead and rub my hands down before I, before I touch my face because I know I'm gonna <laughs> touch my face. Right. Oh. Yeah, no. So man, it's been it's been crazy. Um, just seeing that. Uh, but so I guess um, let's get into uh, the topic a little bit and talk about. Um, so obviously, uh, we talk about how we grew up um, and a little bit different than today's world, right? And so uh, we've heard the phrase, "Children are to be seen and not heard." Um, which a lot of that, um, to me, translate into children don't have an opinion um, or any kind of valuable insight into uh, what we see or perceive as like adult uh, interaction and the direction of the family and stuff like that. Um, So I guess from my perspective, um, I would say uh, that's kind of one of those things that if you start the trend, um, it never stops. Um, and I say that to say, uh, you know, as a parent, um, you often always do your child as a child, um, uh, regardless of if you're 38, um, regardless of you're 16, um, if you're 13, um as you being the elder um it's almost like that your opinion 
um, because you haven't lived as much life or um, you're choosing to live a different life um, is not as valuable um, as um, it actually is. Um, and so when the shift comes from like even how we interact with our parents and we're adults now and it's like we can live independently um, of our parents and make decisions and know that that they were able to guide us a certain length of time right um, and then now we are able to forge a path on our own um, based on initial insight and guidance right um but i think with that some of the child complex um in the eyes of the parents still creeps in uh, to where they they have the elderly knowledge um and you're almost kind of um kind of seen as combative if you have an opinion that's that's different um, based on what you feel is right for your life and, and how you evolved as a person. Right. Um, and I, and I say, I mean, just a small example, um, as to where you kind of refer back to that is like when Andrew was sick, um, mom was saying, Hey, um, have you given him seven up or ginger ale? So we don't, in our house, we don't drink soda, um, at all. Right. And so Andrew has never had soda. Um, and so I don't see that as a viable remedy. Um, and when she suggested, I was like, Hey, you know, we don't drink soda. So that's not even like something that I would offer. Uh, plus he doesn't like it. And, and, you know, for her instinctually, it's like, Hey, uh, you should give it to him, uh, because it has these kind of benefits or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's just not what kind of how we operate and what we do. Um, and so that's kind of where that kind of creeped up a little bit. Um, but it's more so in the fact that there's an age gap for us to where I, you know, me and Ash are 37, 38 and Andrew is six. Um, and it's going to be even more for Marley cause she's three months old. So she's going to have a different perception. Uh, and so now how we talk and interact with our kids uh, they're little adults right so it's like they can operate with so much freedom um, and they had they can have an opinion they can have insight into in so much that we will ask questions like so hey we're going to do this as a family what do you think or what are your thoughts um and in our opinion is that we are preparing them to be able to contribute um, and to make decisions for themselves and say, hey, you know, I'm not really vibing with that. Um, or, hey, I really like that idea. Um, and that better prepares them, I mean, in my opinion, to be an executive and to be a leader. Uh, and whereas if we don't give kids the, the ability to make those decisions, I feel like you're stunting their growth. Mm. Uh, and you have a lot of people who don't know how to make a decision. Um, so what are your thoughts on that, man? I mean, I think there's a, um, there's a balance to it. Yeah. Like, just like with anything else, you know, I think there's a certain amount of, um, like, I like a lot of the fact, like, for example, um, you know, when Andrew was born, 
for the longest time, like you guys didn't cut his hair. Like mm. he had long hair for a long time. And, you know, everybody was, a lot of people, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, you should cut it or you shouldn't cut it. And you guys let him come to that decision on his own. You know what I mean? That he yeah. he was ready to have it cut. You guys let him, took him to the barbershop and had it cut. Um, but it's those type of decisions that, you know, you like you say, you're preparing them to be able to make decisions for themselves to where they're not always looking to you and the parents to be able to make decisions for them, right? So, you know, I think a certain amount of that that freedom is is absolutely necessary and it's absolutely um it's beneficial for the for for the development of a child. But then there's another side of it where, you know, kids kind of change their mind all the time. <laughs> so mm. it's like, do you really want to give somebody who is still like learning the world around them, do you do you really want to give them the opportunity to make long-term decisions? You know what I mean? And you could argue though that uh, if you don't give them that opportunity and you don't teach them how and what are valuable decisions uh, that they are stunted in the fact that they grow up and they're like almost 80 year old presidential congressmen whoever you know who make irrational decisions because they were stunted um and never given sort of that freedom to say hey yeah no this is what i'm feeling i'm gonna make this decision yeah it's, i mean it's it's interesting because um you know like i say i just think there's a balance to it like mm -hmm. um this past week um rapper boosie uh, was on the breakfast club and <laughs> like he was saying something to, like I saw I didn't get to see to watch the whole interview but I saw a clip somebody was dissecting it online where they was talking where he was basically telling like uh Charlemagne the you know kids should you know don't let kids be grown you know what I mean like um you know kids should stay in a kid's place and you know but I, I believe they were kind of referring to the, the whole Dwayne Wade situation with, mm -hmm. his, with his kid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there's, again, there's a balance to it because you tell kids they're at a certain age, like, and we're talking about, like, um, outside of the house, obviously, in this situation. But legally, you tell kids that there's a certain age that they can start making decisions legally. Right. So you're old enough to make some decisions, but not old enough to make others. And it's like because they say at 12 something, you're not old enough to make like long term decisions. You, there's an age of consent of certain, for certain things. Right. Mm. And, it, and they say it's because you're not mature enough to make those kind of decisions. At that age. But then you tell me I'm old enough, I'm mature enough to make other decisions <laughs> at this age. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm trying to, I'm trying like not to go too in depth with that. 
Um, yeah. Because that's that's kind of a touchy subject. But well, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, um, you know, at what age do you start to give your children these opportunities to make those decisions? You know what I mean? I think you have to start early, and that's just my viewpoint on it. Um, just because. And then uh, is it? Let me ask you this real quick. Um, I'm gonna cut you off, but like, is it a matter of what you're instilling in the child, and whether or not you're allowing them to make these decisions, or is it more of a like you're just gonna let them make their own decisions from the jump? I feel like so. Let, let's just go this way. Like I feel like that it's best, and I think Will Will Smith said it. Um, and the fact that like so, I don't own these kids. These kids are their their individual selves, mm-hmm. right? Like I, they're not my property. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my my position um, and Ashley's position, in my opinion, to be a guide right. um, to show them hey, these are kind of good decisions, obviously right from wrong. Um, this is the life that I forged and these are the decisions that we made. Um, these are the kind of rational thoughts that you have to make. Um, situational awareness is one of them. Uh, uh, being your own person and understanding that you can be comfortable in your individual skin. Um, and you don't have to be other people, right? So, but it's, it's it's my responsibility to guide you through these things, to be here yeah. to talk to you and have an open line of communication um, with those things and to let you know that if there's anything that comes up, that we can talk through that um, right. and that we can figure it out. Um, and especially so you add the dynamic of, you know, obviously being a black male, um, even though he is mixed race, right? He's still highly seen as a black male so there are certain things that we can't do as black males uh, one of them is to go from zero to ten with with happiness and anger um, and so you have to learn how to balance that anger um, and to manage situations appropriately or else you're um, seen as an angry black man and it's threatening um, and depending on the circles that he's hanging in, it's like, whoa, why'd you take it there? Um, And then you fit into some sort of stereotypical whatever, right? Right, right. Um, And then you're arrested or you're beaten or you're shot or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so like um, just being aware kind of of those things. And so, I mean, that's that's where it is. I'm just here to guide, like I don't own you, so. Because I mean, I think, um, you know, in our generation, was growing up it was it was more of the as a child you a child a kid stays in a kid's place you know what i mean like you said be seen not hurt mm-hmm. so whereas like with andrew like he does something that's out of pocket and you guys explain to him like hey buddy don't do this you know this and this is why especially when he because he's inquisitive like he's going to ask why you know, but you guys explain, take the time to explain it to them. Whereas with with our generation, when we was growing up, it was more or less well, because I said so. <laughs> mm. don't, don't do this because I said so. Oh, man. So I have a really big problem with because I said so. Um, yeah. But like, so before I go there, I was going to say, so it's not even 
that we explain like so we do some explaining right but uh, uh my big thing and my big sticking point is asking questions right like so you can't uh, for them to begin to understand their feelings or why they're acting in a certain way like you have to ask questions right you can't bark orders and bark demands at them uh, without giving people a chance to explain right so um questions like so why do you think um that you're feeling this way or why are you upset um, why are you so upset over something so little um why did you like for instance like slam this down like can you explain your feelings and so especially at a young age at six it begins to um develop the sort of self-awareness to where yeah. you know yeah. that, hey i'm i'm going to be triggered by this situation and so right. i'm like hey so maybe right. now at this point you can say hey ooh, i feel like i'm about to be triggered i need right. to take a break i need to step my hey give me five minutes man let me go calm down or whatever and that's one thing um that i that i do notice about uh today's kids is that um i think they're a lot more like you said self-aware and i think they're a lot more um their emotional iq is a lot higher than maybe mm, yeah. i was when, when we was growing up because like with me when i was growing up i had a very short temper yeah. i didn't know why i didn't know why i didn't know what what it was that was triggering me at all you know what i mean or you know I remember there was a uh, <laughs> it was a time when um you know I was I was over at you guys' house and um like you and I were sitting at, at your desk and like Andrew was kind of playing around the desk and, and the dog Lucky was <laughs> laying on the ground and Andrew was kinda like jumping over Lucky and he and he tripped one time and kinda hurt Lucky a little bit. Like, but as soon as he got up, he realized what he did was wrong. And he was kind of like, when he came over to you, you, you didn't have to do too much talking or explaining mm. to him. Like, he already knew he was wrong. Mm. But that's a lot of, because you guys have, have that kind of interaction with him where you can explain these things to him. Like, hey, whereas maybe, you know, in our generation, there wasn't that open dialogue. Yeah, and I think it it comes down to uh, just um, how we continue to perpetuate um, sort of beliefs, uh, belief systems, um, and just because, like even like spanking, like you get spanking and all that stuff, it's kind of like that's not something that we do. Um, just because I, I mean. I know how I felt, um, and as I became more self-aware, I'm like, man, that wasn't really, um, wasn't really, well, it wasn't really effective either. And so, like, yelling for me, like, if anybody yells at me, I completely shut down. I'm like, all right, man, you got it. I'm going to go over here and do this thing. Um, I'm not even listening to you as if your voice hits like a certain decibel level. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, all right, cool. You go do that. And I'm going to yeah. go over here where it's like not as loud and not yeah. as aggressive. Right. <laughs> um, right. uh, we can talk at any point, but like it's sort right. of a certain decibel level. Right. Um, and, and so I kind of see that even in him to where like, it's not something that maybe um, 
our parents maybe even paid attention to or cued off of that um, there was a certain threshold to where they weren't getting through anymore. Um, but then mm. once you hit a threshold, um, it's just like, hey, let's just get our point across. Um, and then let's just keep like a hammer on a nail. Let's just keep hammering the nail in. Um, even if the nail's bent, uh, let's just say, and it's not even going in right, we got that joker in and it's holding something together rather than being effective with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, that kind of reminds me of of a conversation that I heard uh, one time about, you know, in previous generations, like our parents, you know, it was more focused on survival, just like we was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. It was more focused on, like, surviving and paying the bills and doing that kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying, and making sure that we have what we need. So. You know, some of the other instances, like maybe our emotional development wasn't as important. You know what I mean? Because, mm. you know, it was more of like, I'm taking care of your over, like the overarching needs, like making sure you got food, and clothes, and shelter, and all of that stuff. So, do you think that the environment has a lot to do with it? Um, Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that makes sense, like, as far as stress and tension and stuff like that, to where, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, in my position, um, there's a lot that could happen that I'm not in control of, um, but it's a lot more comfortable um, and less base primal instinct, mm-hmm. um, and so so you have that light and stress to where you're like, all right, we're, I mean, everybody at this point is paycheck to paycheck, but it's not right. paycheck to paycheck in the sense that, like, are we eating a ramen and hamburger helper this week, or right. can we can we go out to like McDonald's once this right. month and get and get the two for two Big Macs or whatever? Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because like, um, you know, and in another part of that conversation where it was like now, because of the position that our generation is in, we're a little we're a little bit more privileged than what the previous generation was. So now you're starting to see a lot more people in our age group that are doing things like going to counseling, and, mm. you know, getting therapy and stuff like that and focusing on like taking care of their health and working out and stuff like that. They're able to focus on these things, whereas the previous generations who wasn't doing as well. So, you know, at that point it was just, we have to survive. We're focusing on surviving. So maybe just the fact that, you know, we're in a better position now, we can pay attention to some of these other things that maybe kind of fell through the gaps in previous generations. So we can kind of correct those now. I mean, you're right. I am eating hummus. I'm running half marathons and marathons <laughs> over here. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm drinking, I'm drinking right. kombucha, kombucha. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stuff that I, like our parents probably wouldn't even know. Like, what are you talking about? I have um, alkaline water. Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so, no, that's very interesting, man. Yeah. Um, so, I think that, I was going to say, I think that survival thing um, is a huge piece of it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's another, another part of this conversation that definitely needs to be looked at is, you know, at some point, you know, when you, you know, the parent, child dynamic starts to change because uh, you know when the child is younger 
you know, it's the parent kind of making the decision and the child, you know, kind of follows suit. Mm. Whereas, you know, when the child gets older and the parent starts to become a little bit more dependent on the child, where the parent where the child is now the parent <laughs> and the parent is now in the position of the child. Yeah. Where, you know, and you know, depending on how how well you handled that relationship when the child was younger, then it should prepare them for that stage to where when they're in a position where they have to start making decisions for a parent. You right. Know, they're in, you know, they're fully prepared to be able to do those things. Mm, I, I mean, I have a counter argument that as parents, we really don't know what we're doing. We're just swinging it. And then like, I guess, <laughs> if we look at our parents, right, it's kind of like, man, they were just doing in generations before that kind of the yeah. the best that they could. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but essentially, like nobody, like you read all these parenting books, and nobody really knows what they're doing. Like, it's no. just like it's a it's a crapshoot guess. It's game. a roll of the dice, man. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, they turn out to be decent human beings. Uh, they're not like completely crappy. Yeah, they're not, uh, so, yeah, they're not like we, serial killers or anything like that. So, I mean, I but even serial killers, as those parents, like they still can't see no <laughs> wrong in their children, and so they're like, oh, you know, he ate people, but like he didn't like, you know, <laughs> like do anything, any kind of other debaucherous thing. Right. So that he just ate the bodies, which we we're gonna bury anyway, right? Right. So it's all good. Uh, <laughs> But I think, um, yeah, no. Uh, so I think that's interesting. And I think, you know, probably in another episode, we can um, dissect sort of the environmental um, aspect of it. And like, that's the whole thing from kind of our conversations is that I want people to understand and kind of the tagline of the Simple Dad podcast is, is understanding that, uh, that we can be both um, as parents, the sensei and the Padawan, which like we are the teacher and we are the student at the same time, because there's mm-hmm. a lot that we can learn. Um, and there's a lot that we're learning um, about ourselves um, as you go through the parenting aspects. Um, like we'll talk about it in the future uh, of discovery, right? And how you're understanding, like, for instance, you know, Andrew's really sensitive um and me as a dad as a male um i'm saying hey you know what you feel like you need to cry you feel like you need to let emotions out cool express those emotions because those emotions um need to be dealt with mm-hmm. um whereas we were told hey suck it up stop crying why are you crying you're a cry baby you're a man you're a sissy yeah. um yeah. and all that stuff right and so um and so that kind of contributes to how I deal with things. And, you know, now we grow up to be males that bottle things up and don't cry. Don't never, never um, let out any kind of emotion. And stuff don't like know that. how to express their emotions in a healthy right. way. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot that, you know, we can unpack um, as we get into future episodes. Uh, but yeah, essentially, like, we are the teacher and the student at the same time. Uh, that is a that's a cycle because you know one thing um before we get up out of here like i know um one thing is you know your children end up becoming a mirror (laughs) for 
a lot of for you and a lot of the things that you used to do when you was a kid and you like wow like you know um like you start to see certain parts of your personality in this little human being who's developing and it kind of it kind of holds up to mirror in a lot of cases where it's like forces you to look at yourself and ask yourself like hmm like Maybe I need to deal with that because I don't want my child developing in that same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to look up this um, lyric that kind of. Uh, because I know, uh, like, in the reason, like, where I got that from, because I got a friend of mine, she, uh, like, the one who has the two daughters. Uh, two teenage daughters and she was talking about her uh, uh, her kids and she's like I don't know where she gets that from I'm like she, they they get it from you <laughs> like, like you do the exact same thing uh, yeah and so with that I was going to say so there's a song by Jason Mraz called 5-6 mm-hmm. um, and it's so interesting uh, because what we're talking about um, completely relates to this. And the lyric says, don't dress up your children like dolls from your past or they'll run from you madly. They'll never look back. Um, And when they grow older, they'll do just the same. Um, The world, a reflection of how children play. Like, so essentially like it's a cycle, right? So if we keep thinking and dressing up kids, like how we want them to be or how we feel that we should have been, and we're trying to project that on them and not mm-hmm. realizing that they're their own um, sort of being and entity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a cycle um, of things that they feel like they've missed out. They're going to be like, oh, well, I have to put this in my kids so that I can put right. this forward. And so you look at all the things like racism, money, politics, sports, right. like right. especially like, you know, it's like, hey, I could have been a football guy. Oh, you're a little bit of football. So let's just put you in these football camps, these mm-hmm. soccer camps, these things, because that's the thing that I wanted. Yeah, uh, and so it's interesting. Yeah, and I think um, you know, just to kind of piggyback off of that, is this it kind of goes back into a little bit of giving a child their freedom, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's important for parents to understand that um, yes, this person is kind of like fifty percent of your DNA, right? But then there's another fifty percent of their DNA. And yes, this part of this little person may have a little bit of your personality, but they also get a part of their personality from the other half. And then they're also their own individual person, right? Mm-hmm. So there's the influence from the from the mother, there's the influence from the father, but then this this little child, whether it's a little boy or a girl, they're developing as their own individual person that's completely separate from the parents, right? So yeah, I would say I would even go as far as say it's 80-20, right? So it's 80% them, um, 10% one parent, 10% the other. Mm. You think it's that much? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like they experiences shape who individuals become. Mm. Um, and so if they have an experience, like once they go through their own experiences and they learn how to deal with things in their own way, mm. um, I think uh, that a lot of it is inherent um, in their DNA and like just watching your interaction. Um, so they pull 
their own view of their experience and how you react to things um, and process it themselves. Um, but then they're also going to have that little bit of you and if you're like, man, that's totally how I act. Well, that's yeah. totally how I react to things. Um, but the, I would say that the 80% is shaped by their own experience. By their own experiences and environments. Yeah. And so I wouldn't say that it's always 80, 20. Um, so it probably grows into more 80, 20 as they get older. Like right, so when yeah. they're younger, like the dynamic is obviously heavily influenced by I'm just mimicking you um, as right. an adult. But as I right. gain exposure, I think exposure is the key. Um, it starts to shift. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So yeah, man. Um, with that, this has been another episode of Simple Dad Podcast. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, and yeah, we're going to keep these going. Um, hopefully we're going to have some guests on, I think. Uh, for one episode that we have in particular, it'll be interesting uh, if we can get Mr. Suave Burgundy on. Uh, so we just need to make that that piece happen. Um, but uh, yeah, man, um, everybody, y'all stay safe out there. Um, this is Simple Dad Podcast. I'm your host, Quincy Forte, and I'm joined by Ramon of the Urban Advocate. Y'all be easy. <laughs>